standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. It is episode 539 coming to you on the last day of November. And uh, between other duties and sickness and holidays, this is going to be the third episode of No Shame November. Now, in reality, it should be a book review or breakdown, if you will. But I'm going to do that tomorrow on Friday. So bear with me, folks. No Shame November, episode number three. Before we get into the meat of the subject, let me remind you the best way you can help me build the listenership beyond my four listeners is to like, share, and subscribe to the program. Do me a solid. If you're particularly happy with anything that's come out in the last couple of weeks, rate and review this show. My, uh... (laughs) My my JFK episode still hasn't broken 50 downloads. The same week I had uh, 1,400 apparently downloads on one episode. So I'm I'm really not sure what in the world is going on. But I tell you, it's all algorithm all the time. And the way we can overcome that, the difference that can be done is to share, subscribe, follow, like. And just as a reminder, I am on the social medias, right? I have a page and a group over at Facebook, and I do drop in at Gab as well as MeWe. And for now, most of my material is still up at YouTube. I was notified over the weekend, and I'm not sure if I shared this or not, but apparently they've removed another one of my episodes. (laughs) Uh, for I don't know and I don't care. Um, Not going to argue with them. As long as they don't ban me, it's all good. All right, so here we go. No Shame November, uh, episode number three. First things we're going to start out with. As you know, I try and keep this very much a Texas-centric podcast and even go so far as to focus on McKinney and Collin County as much as I possibly can. Because anybody can do, I shouldn't say anybody, (sighs) let's say the temptation is there to grow your audience by going on to national issues, to spend a lot of time talking about national and international issues. It's not to say that I ignore them or I don't occasionally mention them, but the primary purpose of this podcast is to focus on the things that we actually do have a chance to affect the outcome. There is an effect from us being involved or doing something to fret and panic over things that are going on on the international stage or even the national stage seems to me to be better suited to a guy like Glenn Beck. Myself, I'm going to focus on the things that perhaps, just perhaps, we can affect the outcome on. Here in Collin County, as you may or may not know, I am quite active in my party. I try and separate my club activities and my party activities from my podcast. Why? Well, I want to remain as objective and as fair and even-handed as I can when doing this podcast. That doesn't mean I don't have an opinion. It doesn't mean that I don't care. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to choose a side eventually. But what it does mean is I would be doing you a disservice if all I ever did is give you 100% of the time my hmm, my outcome, my preferred outcome. I have no problem sharing my opinion. I have no problem telling you this is what I think about something. But I think I'm doing you a disservice if I don't at least try and give you the whole story so that you can make your own educated decision. But as I've said many, many times, this 
show, this podcast is based upon my opinion and my understanding of the facts. I don't claim to be perfect. I fully acknowledge I might occasionally get something wrong and I'm man enough to own it and, you know, broadcast my mistake and correct my mistake. But that being said, because it's based on opinion or based upon my opinion on the understanding that I have, I try and be very careful. It would be easy to resort to calling names. It would be easy to constantly be picking on or dunking on the guy that's the resident. But I don't think I'm doing you a service. I... I try and focus on the things that we can do something about. And I and I feel like I'm repeating myself, so I'm going to move on. Okay, so we're going to do three things today. Three issues, if you will, that I see no shame in the behavior. That they have no shame. They, they refuse to acknowledge that they're not doing what they say they're doing or they're certainly not doing all that they could do. So item number one, the elections. So I'm going to preface this by saying I take what I know about Cowan County elections based upon some private conversations, several public conversations or interactions, and I would say good faith that my commissioner's court has earned from me. They tell me we have a very secure system that our system is checked and double-checked, and they sample uh, every election and do a audit of that sample. Now, I'm not sure what else they are supposed to do. There's a 1.2 million people in Cowan County. There's, I guess, approximately half a million of them are eligible voters. Maybe it's, let's call it 600,000. And of that number, maybe... 25% will vote. So what does that leave us with? Uh, Let's go with 150,000 voters. And if you've got, let's say, 20 different votes on the ballot, you take that 150,000 times 20. That's a whole lot of votes to be counting, especially if you're going to count by hand. Now, I'm not saying that maybe there isn't a valid process for doing that. I'm not saying that maybe that couldn't be an extra security measure But I'm really curious, how is it it's taking multiple days to count votes, again, not in Collin County, but elsewhere, and we tolerate this? I mean, you get a month to freaking to show up for an election, and we can't get a result at the end of the day? It just stinks. It stinks to high heaven. And a friend of mine is very adamant about saying, why is it? that we haven't fixed the 2020 election. And if we can't fix the 2020 election, nothing else matters. Nothing's going to ever be fixed. We're never going to have a corrected situation if we don't deal with the 2020 elections. And I got to admit, I think he's right. I I don't know that we're ever going to have any confidence in anything if we cannot see a result to where things have been fixed. If you believe that Georgia was a perfectly clean election, if you believe Wisconsin, Michigan, and Arizona were a perfectly clean election, well, I would suggest you go ahead and keep your head in the sand 
or up your backside, whichever might be more accurate, uh, you're not helping. You are not helping. But on the flip side of that equation, my people that are convinced the elections are shady and messed up, we can't spend a whole lot of time pointing fingers at specific (laughs) specific individuals that have let's say well-known names that just lead to charges of, well, you know, I don't think that's productive. In fact, I think it's counterproductive, but the fact of the matter is at least at the state level here, they have done, let's call it the minimum to address these issues. So what does that mean? That means the other states, which we have zero control over, have no shame. They don't care. They are perfectly confident and comfortable with the election shams that they're running and they don't care that we the people are losing out now maybe it's because they get their preferred person across the finish line this way or maybe it's just because they don't care though i suspect it's the former rather than the latter i don't see a good way that we fix that we the people have no say what goes on in arizona georgia Michigan and Wisconsin. And to a lesser extent, I guess we should throw Nevada in there as well. That being said, is that really our responsibility? If we take a Texas first attitude, right? If we realize that we fixed the problem in Texas, all that means is we need to focus our efforts on correcting or dealing with Houston, right? That entire county down there while we're at it. Deal with some the issues that are in uh, Bear County, right? Deal deal with the issues down in San Antonio. I guess Dallas County probably needs to be audited from top to bottom. These are things we can address. These are things we can fix. I just don't know that the state legislature is going to do anything about it. And we know certainly the DAs in those counties are have zero interest. And being that the Texas Supreme Court has indicated that they don't feel as if the Constitution gave the state attorney general the power and the authority to investigate it. We're kind of out of luck. We really don't have a lot of choice unless, of course, the state legislature were to say, well, hey, you got this wrong, state Supreme Court. We do, in fact, want to give the state attorney general the authority to go and overlook these things because we know we've got issues here and We're not happy about it. The question is, will they do it? Can they do it? I wish I wish I had a good answer for you here. I really do. I'm not confident. I'm not confident that it's ever going to be dealt with. And I suspect that's why they don't have any shame. Because they're not they're not disappointed. They don't they don't feel obligated. They they don't want to deal with it. And again, I think it's more because they get to manipulate the results more so than they don't care. All right. That being said, let's move on to issue number two. That's right. The border, the border, the border, the border. Now there are those people that say this is a federal issue and the feds should fix it. And we have no business doing it and there's nothing we can or should do it. Well, uh, that may be true. But if we were to actually declare an invasion and we were actually to put on our big boy pants, 
put on our boots and go deal with it in the state of Texas, I think we're more than capable of dealing what needs to be done with. I mean, after all, the Texas Rangers were able to fight back against the Comanches and the Apaches. Why is it that we can't deal with some drug lords? Why is it the Texas State Guard and the Texas Rangers aren't doing everything they can one, to ignore what the feds are doing, which is nothing other than handing out bottles of water and directions. And two, secure the darn border. And maybe we need to secure it against the feds as well. I- I'm just speculating. But I mean, if we're going to have a Texas first attitude, if we're going to look at this from the standpoint that protect Texas, protect Texas at all costs, what do we need to do here? Well, I guess it's going to mean that the governor's going to need to man up, saddle up. The lieutenant governor is going to actually have to follow through on a campaign promise from, oh, I don't know, at least eight or 12 years ago at this point and do something about the border to, quote, secure it. We know Mayorkas is lying. In fact, Mayorkas is working against our efforts. So let's do it. We're the state of Texas. We're the biggest, baddest state in the union. Let's do something about it. Let's, let's put on those swagger and let's get it on. But I, but alas, I don't think our people are going to do it. I am not convinced that they have a vested interest in doing the right thing. I think it's shameful. And because they have no shame, apparently they don't care. And again, this is disappointing. I want to believe that Governor Abbott and Lieutenant Dan have the best interests of Texas in mind. And they want to protect and build upon the greatness that is Texas. Certainly, we want to believe that about our AG, and here we are. Here we are. The feds are selling us out on a daily basis, and the state barely lifts a finger to correct and deal with the situation. So let me ask you, why do you think that is? Why do we continue to tolerate it? I think the answer is self-evident. They don't want to do anything about it. They have no interest in doing the right thing. They don't want to fix it. I'm really disappointed about that. I don't understand why they would do that to us, but here we are. Here we are. Now, sadly, I I, I don't have a solution. I, I don't have a corrective measure here other than keep putting pressure on your state reps. Keep putting pressure on your state senators. Keep talking to the state Republican executive committee. Let them know that we not only know that they can do things about it, we expect that they should do something about it. We have to be able to put enough pressure on these guys to do the right thing, even if it's for the wrong reasons. Even if they just want to maintain their seat and get reelected, I'm okay with that as long as they do the right thing. And I can't think of anything that's as important And perhaps even more important, because if you don't fix the border, you can't fix elections. And if you don't fix elections, the border's never going to be fixed. It's a catch-22. It's a circular argument. We have to fix it, both of them, immediately. And you have to lack shame to not be willing to acknowledge this and do something about it. That's the only answer I can come up with, folks. And maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I'm missing something. I just don't believe that's the case. I believe it's just... They're not interested in doing the right thing. All right. We're about halfway through the show. I've covered the the two topics that I guess in fairness are going to be the biggest challenge, the most difficult thing to address 
for we the people, for the grassroots. However, I do have something that you can deal with. I do have something that's a little closer to home for me. I do have something that, quite frankly, is disappointing and shocking all at the same time. And I can't believe that this is what it's come down to. Senate District 30. Now, you may recall Drew Springer won that seat. Now, when Drew Springer won the seat, he did it with the help of Democrats to beat Shelley Luther. Now, in fairness to Drew Springer, who is now retiring, he did do a good job. He, he was a conservative state senator. I, so I, I'm not going to beat up on him. I'm not going to make this about Drew. Um, I wish him the best in his retirement. My understanding that there's some family things that he's dealing with, with sickness. That's his private thing. I would not, I'm not going to go there. I don't want you to go there. Give the guy a pause. Thank him for his service and let's move on. That's, that's my recommendation. But now we have two people that have decided to throw their hat in the ring. And the two people look like they're going to be the front runners. Now, I know of at least one house rep that I would have liked to have seen step up to the plate. According to the feedback I got, it's probably more difficult than it seems. And because of the sphere of influence and sphere of uh, interaction. So that leaves us with the former county chairman of the Republican Party, who apparently wasn't interested in having executive committee meetings, apparently likes to give money to Democrats, and apparently has a, oh, let's just put it, mentally, mm, unsecure, insecure, I don't want to, has some family issues that perhaps he ought to deal with, with an adult son that apparently does some very iffy things. Now, again, I've got all this third hand uh, as far as his family stuff, but just on the face of it, apparently he's known to have donated to Democrats. He's known to work against the grassroots and he's gone so far as to not even bother to have executive committee meetings because they would have bounced him. But instead he gets to leave apparently on (laughs) possible or passable good terms when he's done nothing to do anything positive in Denton County. That's choice number one. Now, choice number two, uh, I'm not even going to use their names. If you can't take the time and effort to figure out who's running an SD 30, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that for you. But the other person running is a lady doctor. And apparently she was recruited to run against Drew Springer, who is now not running because of, well, I'll just, I'm going to leave that alone. It doesn't matter. But the Achilles heel on this situation where she has the right friends, the right allies, but she spent time on the wrong side of the COVID lockdowns. She spent time going after the people that were trying to protect our liberty, trying to stand up and get the state government to do the right thing, trying to end the lockdowns, trying to end the mask mandates. Now, look, I don't really have an issue with somebody that pokes fun at somebody. I don't have an issue with somebody that mocks somebody's position. But what I do have an issue is when you're defending the wrong position, when you're on the wrong side. Now, look, I've always said 
for the first two weeks, I hold no nothing against anybody, right? Um, nobody knew anything. Um, everybody wanted to be uber cautious. I'm willing to overlook and forgive everything that happened in the first two weeks of the lockdown. And I'd even be willing to say for the first month, if you weren't sure and you were hedging your bets and you were voicefully defending the lockdowns, especially if you're like me, we're not medical people. We don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's fine. I, I'm no harm, no foul. But after, oh, I don't know, two months of that. And after we saw plainly with our own eyes that this was not playing out the way it would, they said it would, that it wasn't near the danger that they said it was. And quite frankly, it was an abuse of power an overreach of authority and entirely damaging to the entirety of our country and the world by this massive overreaction and control thing that we're doing. Yeah. If you're defending it at that point, I'm done. There's no going back from that. I'm not going to pretend all is well, and I'm certainly not going to give you a mulligan at that point. I, I, I refuse to be supportive of somebody that was still arguing that you need to stay in your house. There was still arguing that unless you had a specific piece of paper that you couldn't see with your own eyes, what was going on. And unless you've got a degree from whatever pedigreed institution, you're not smart enough to see it was a, I'm going to be very careful. I don't want to say words because they might choose to block this episode. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'll forgive you personally, but no way, shape, or form do I want to empower you. Do I want to give you extra authority? I don't trust you. You are not worthy of that additional responsibility and that additional power because when you had an opportunity to do the right thing, you chose not to. And so far as you went the opposite way and called out and talked down to and abused people that were trying to stand up and do the right thing. Now, again, 60 days in, okay, maybe that's forgivable. Maybe maybe we overlook that. Certainly 30 days in, yeah, nobody knew anything. I get it. That's fine. I, you know, there was people that overreacted or did different things on both sides of that equation that even I wasn't comfortable with. But at over 60 days and you're making those defense and you're poking at people and calling them nuts, essentially... Yeah, you're wrong. Not going to help you. And look, I get, I get humor. I, I get ridicule. It's a powerful tool. And when it's done right, it's very effective. But I'm not going to side with somebody that wants to take away liberty. I'm not going to side with somebody that is going to defend government overreach. I'm not going to side with somebody that saw no problem with what was going on. And went so far as to ridicule the people that asked legitimate questions and were concerned about what was playing out in front of us. That's an issue. That's a problem. And that's something I'm not willing to overlook. No matter what I'm told or heard or I heard from them, I don't care. They're being disingenuous at that point. They are, <laughs> they're not on our team. That's just how I'm going to put it. They may have the right pedigree. They may have the right positions on a lot of other things, and they may actually be good people. 
I'd be willing to say, yeah, you can disagree on this issue and still be a good person, but there's no way, no how I want to give you additional power or influence or authority because you've already shown that your default answer is to take it and run with it and quite frankly, shut everybody down that has the timidity the audacity to disagree with you or actually remind you that there is a higher law, the highest law in this land, the constitution that says you can't do this. You don't have this authority. There is not an exception for quote, an emergency. So no, no, I, I, I don't care. No way, no how. SD30, you have two bad choices. I had the conversation where I said bad and worse and I was pretty much corrected as worse and worse. Now, whether or not I agree with that analysis, don't know. I don't have enough specifics. But what I do know is you've got a guy that supports Democrats, tanked his own party, and quite frankly, has some family issues he needs to get addressed. And your other choice is somebody that feels like government doesn't have enough authority, enough power in your life, and they're going to defend it at your expense. Those are two bad, bad choices. Now, I don't know who the person that's going to ride in on the white horse and save us all in SD30 is going to be. In fact, in this point in time, I almost wish another state rep that was either in the district or next to the district would step up to the plate and run for SD30. And I would gladly take the devil I know than these two devils that I don't know. And yes, it's a figure of speech, not a pejorative. Well, it is a pejorative, but it's not a... Uh, Critique on their ultimate destination in life. How about that? But but it's really sad. I mean, this district, SD30, has a sliver or a piece of Collin County, a chunk of Denton County, uh, Grayson County, uh, what is it, Cook County, and at least one other county. SD30, if you're listening to me out there, you need to wake up. You got You've got... 10 days to come up with a better option. If you think you might even possibly be a better option, please throw your hat in the ring. I'm certain that people would want to have an option other than these two yahoos. I'm certain you ought to be able to raise some funds. Now, look, it's expensive. I know if you want to run in a campaign today's day and age, you're going to need a million bucks. That's crazy. It's, it's extremely crazy. I would think that you know, 50 to 200,000 ought to be more than adequate to run for a seat that's basically a volunteer seat. But that's a symptom of the problem of too much power in Austin and that people are willing to spend that money to get these people in there, quite frankly, to get their paybacks out of the state. That's a symptom of the problem. It's not the problem. It's a symptom of the problem. And the problem is too much power and authority in Austin. You see that same thing mirrored only times a hundred in DC. I don't have the solution for that at the moment, but the fact that these two yahoos are running quote unquote as conservative Republicans or as Republicans period shows they have no shame. One actively works against the party that he allegedly represents or leads and two, the other supports big government over anything. Oh, and if you don't believe me, you think I'm being unfair, that's fine. Go ask. Go ask this person. Would you justify those actions? Do you think that would be an appropriate reaction in the future? Because let me tell you, 
I'm not convinced that that wasn't phase one of what is going to be several more to follow. And just because, quote unquote, there's an emergency doesn't mean the Constitution gets thrown out the door. It doesn't mean that you get to rewrite the rules because you want to. It doesn't mean that we should have tolerated what the governor did, even though he got his emergency declaration. As far as I'm concerned, we still need to hold the governor responsible for what he's done, hold them accountable for what he's done. But nobody was willing to do that either. Perhaps because they don't have any shame, because we know the governor doesn't have any shame over what he's done. And if you doubt me, ask the guy. All right, in closing, in closing, I don't think there's any redemption for the quote unquote former Republican county chair of Denton County. I, I think that guy is did us a good favor by resigning to run for a seat that hopefully he has no business winning and he won't this other option here it is respectfully you made a mistake you need to own your mistake and i'd be willing to forgive you if it was 60 days into the event i have a really hard time being willing to forgive somebody that would be four, five, six months in and is still defending the government overreaction, the government abuse of power, the government subverting the Constitution for that matter. I don't know that I can forgive that. But I'd be willing to listen to an actual contrite apology. Hey, you know what? Two weeks in, I was still really concerned because we hadn't seen the full effects. You know, a month in, there were still a lot of things that hadn't been sorted out. I And I really had deep concern. And because of my background in the medical world, I felt like I was in a better position to be making that call. And I didn't want people making foolish decisions. I was looking out for their best interests, even though maybe I did it in a way that came across as crass or rude. And, and, and now that it's done and it's over with and I saw the consequences and the other very bad side effects based upon the overreaction government that I defended. I would never do that again. We clearly got it wrong. I've learned from my mistake. I would never defend this again. I would never make this same choice again. To me, something along those lines, that's an appropriate apology. That's, that's an appropriate way to deal with this. But if somebody wants to run for power, If somebody wants to run for office where they'll get more power, they show a complete lack of shame by not owning what is clearly now to everybody that's looking a mistake. And, and, you know, for the first 30 days, a defensible mistake. But after that, really, it's not defensible. After that, it's, how did you miss that one? Now it's hard. It's hard when you, when you got somebody that's really smart or highly educated, it takes a lot to convince them that they're wrong, that something that they learned isn't accurate or that people that they trust have given them bad information. Been there, done that. I know lots of people that have been in that same situation, but if they're not willing to admit they were duped, if they're not willing to admit they made a mistake, there's no contrition. They will do it again. They are not your friend. They are not worthy of your support. And they have no shame. And with that, this has been According to Callus. This has been episode three of No Shame November. And I will be back on Friday. I will have you a little book report. 
And until then, I will see you on the other side.